It's November 4th, and this is your Red Star over Oklahoma Halloween cold open. No, Carl, those are just noise that you just making noises. It's not really yeah, spooky Halloween sounds. See how I made like a I made like a big scary laugh and then like I made like a high pitched witch laugh and then I had some thunderbolts. I'm just. I don't Maybe know, if you man. bought a mic that wasn't a tin can attached to a string with which you sent Dude, me. Dude, I have been signal. using my mic for years. I'm I'm on my, I'm just on my phone. I know. That's what I'm saying. You weren't just talking through a tin can at me. Sound quality might jump. Might have more. No, than but you see, on SoundCloud. My sound, my sounds were were also spooky because the spookiness flows through me despite the assault of Christmas upon all of my senses. I remain. I remain spooktober until the end of the year. That's that's my hot take. You heard it here first. I I feel like Shelob after fucking Sam, Sam stabs me in my tummy. And it's like all the candy spills out. And everyone else, you know, has been cool for the last like 30 days with like me being like watching creepy movies and reading scary stories and being you know the general creep i am and now it's like i have to take my eight legs and drag my injured bloated candy covered uh 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 thorax back into my hole and go back to watching murder documentaries on netflix in my living room the other you know 335 days a year I just, I don't know, I feel like the deep cut ungoliant, like, that's the problem, you know, we live in the fallen world, right, the world's been sundered, you can't just take your boat out, out to the, the west, you know what I mean, and, and now ungoliant's gone, and we don't have a monster appropriate, we just have Shelob, you know, some little fucking punk-ass short dude can just stab her in the stomach, and you're right, you have to crawl back in your hole, and when we had the OG ungoliant, it could be Halloween forever, she could just eat, devour all the light, she ate a Silmaril, come on, what's more metal than that, get out of here. Yeah, I hear Christmas. I hate this. God. If I see one more Christmas ad, Adam, oh, Bro, I'm going like, <laughs> to go join like, the Chinese Foreign Legion or some shit. And he's like, no, nah, we have to end Aren't you going to have to drive by Utica at some point in the next 90 days? If you say, I got a notification for Utica Square turning its lights on on November 1st, and I straight up threw my phone. I was just like, no, no. I don't like Thanksgiving, but you give me fucking Thanksgiving before you give me this goddamn Christmas bullshit. I don't need to hear Mariah Carey for 24 hours a day singing. Uh, Mariah Carey's cool, sure, but I don't need it. I'm sorry. Maybe you should let Mariah Carey decide what you need and don't need. No. I I, I'll tell, I'll, maybe play some other Mariah Carey, you know? Like or, or like Name a, a single <laughs> other Mariah Carey song. Don't even know anything about the Spice Girls, do you? <laughs> Wait, was she a Spice Girl? Wanna be? <laughs> I don't know. She was not a Spice Girl. She might she have been. She was an American. That was a British group. Holy shit! How did you? God damn it! <laughs> Getting cut. Let's let's just 
That's agreed. If I hear one more Christmas thing, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do, Adam? Okay, now I'm just going to nip this in the bud, all right? You're not saying a word about the Oklahoma and whatever you're about to say. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how you describe bows or packaging. All right? No, no, we I wasn't get, gonna say, I'm no, gonna become no, like a joke. I'm gonna, get I'm gonna the joke. go to the fucking Jehovah's Witness people at the goddamn gathering place uh, for the first time in my life. I'm gonna be like, thank you all for being here. Christmas is uh, Christmas is a lie. It's fake news. Um, let's go kill Christmas. And I'll join the Jehovah's Witness like uh, death squad fighting against Christmas. And, and you know we're gonna we're gonna go in the trenches and we're gonna uh, shut down every small town Christmas parade we can. We're gonna tear down every piece of tinsel we see. I'm just gonna become the Grinch. Uh, again, there are ads about a new Grinch movie. We have the Grinch movie. Why do we need another movie that's the exact same? I'm sorry, Christmas. Mm, it's canceled this year, folks. No. God. The real reason I'm into politics is just because I like being mad. I'm sorry, everybody. So this is going to be our war on Christmas episode, everybody. Sit back in your seats and enjoy because we're bringing you uh, uh, 185 minutes of hot anti-Christmas takes. Um, Cool kids hate Christmas, um, but we will be accepting presents because that is still part of my tradition. And you can't that, take my tradition away from me. It's my. That's culture. the only good part of Christmas is when I get free things. Yes. Everything else, bad. Yeah, and the food. And honestly, yeah, I like seeing my like family Thanksgiving anymore. Yeah, but the food is just like Thanksgiving Electric Boogaloo. Like, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm not, not upset by that. It's no, the only I know, but, meal but it, where I feel not... comfortable eating two pieces of pie afterward and then being like, well, I didn't try the uh, chocolate meringue, so I guess I'll get a third. And no one even looks at me. It's not, but it's not Christmas, you know? There's nothing special. There's nothing unique that makes that Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, that's also Thanksgiving. Like, I'm sorry. Americans nah, like nah, to fucking eat. I, you know, I, 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 I agree on some levels, but on other levels, I enjoy a holiday. I'll tell you what. No, I'm not hating on holidays. I'm not hating on the concept. I'm hating on Christmas. Well, I understand, but Christmas is a holiday that I happen to enjoy sometimes. No. The only cool thing about Christmas is when you do the proper pagan thing and you like burn a massive log and then you you just get too drunk to remember yourself. You yeah, but isn't that mostly just to get through like really long cold nights? No, it's mostly to do it. All the all the all the ancient societies, right? They would come home from their dirt farm uh, on the Jutland Peninsula and they would be like, no. Oh, I'm home, mom. Surviving the death of winter, we all have to come together as a family in this home so we don't die of freezing because there's no air conditioning in central central heat and air yet. And then the mom immediately says, "What are you gonna do after you finish your um, uh, Viking college?" And then you know the the time honored tradition of wanting to die uh, happens, and it it's been with us ever since. That's what a holiday is. Your family asks you what you're going to do with your life, and you say, Sorry, you ruined the economy, you boomer fuck. And then they vote for Trump. Many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned. Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong. 
way down yonder in the Indian nation to ride my pony on the reservation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Now way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. All right, Adam and this week we've got just Carl Roberts on the show. And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are a small political news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. Um, this week in our national news section, we're going to be talking about the um, terrible tragedy that occurred in Pittsburgh um, along with... As well as some other tragedies. As well as some other tragedies. Uh, along with uh, what birthright citizenship can mean for uh, the country, uh, which... Is really fun. Uh, move before moving on to Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma news, where we're going to be discussing the upcoming elections and a volunteer walk that I know Carl's going to want to talk to us about. Before moving on to the conservative reading list for the week, um, so all right, let's jump right in. I'll let Carl take it away. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit it hot and heavy to start because uh, who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love the news just making you want to melt your brain um, because of how terrible everything is in in the past few weeks uh we've seen a guy mail a bunch of bombs to prominent democrats uh, the news and uh, robert de niro <laughs> which is which is objectively hilarious um the robert de niro part not the bombs but just that he was included in that list uh we've seen uh the deadliest attack against uh jewish americans um in american history of all time um happen we've seen a guy purposefully shoot multiple black people in a kentucky grocery store who literally was like yeah i'm only here to shoot black people you know like dylan roof too we've seen just this this wave of violence that you know everybody everybody's talking about oh what's it coming from oh what's going on and what could and it I be think, what could it be and and the answer the answer isn't some horseshit like oh it's Donald Trump's rhetoric if Donald Trump just like said oh let's unify no no that's not true that's not true like Donald Trump's rhetoric is definitely an important part of it but Donald Trump's rhetoric you know Donald Trump's rhetoric is an outgrowth of of just the fact Brain that we've worms. gotten yeah well and not even just like social like cultural brainworms that exist in our society right that that are kind of bigger than all of us individually oh yeah. And it, it's 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 just that we've gotten to this point now where it's like this is it's not it's not a full on fascist country, right? We don't have a full on fascist government, but we are in this fascist moment. You know, that's a really like, interesting way to describe it as a fascist moment. That's like uh, I, I, I think that's uh, like even like a, a comfortably historically correct thing to say as well. And it is because you know, like people always talk. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're calling it fascist? Yeah, you know, fascism. Fascism is only happening when there are industrial death camps that are operating." It's like, no, fascism. Or, or the, the the even better one, which is, "Oh, oh, really? What do you mean by that word?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean." If you want me to define it as like Italian fascism, then like obviously Italian fascism of like 1938-1936 is not occurring in the U.S. right now. But a lot of the you, core tenets are well, just rearing their ugly heads. 
and you, I mean, you had fascist moments in, you know, I, I can speak best to the German experience because, like, I, I literally have a degree in this shit. Um, and, and if you look at it, you know, fascism ends up in, in death camps. Fascism ends up with industrial murder. Fascism ends up in a situation where, like, people aren't safe on the street because they, they look different or something. And we're, we've been at that point for a while in a lot of different ways. But, like, the fact that we're at this moment where now it's just, like, there's this low hum of violence in the background coming from, like, the, you know, like the fucking Proud Boys show up in New York City and they, like, beat up a bunch of Antifa people because they got invited to uh, reenact the public assassination of a socialist politician in Japan. And they just, like, decide to get into a fight with people. Like, we have brown shirts running around, you know? Like, we have, we have organizations of people that are just looking for violence. We have people mailing bombs. That's what fascism was for a long time before it was death camps. You know, fascism was not, did not start off with death camps. In fact, if you look at the history of fascism, you know, they come into power, Hitler gets power in 33. The Italians had been running Italy for like 11 years at that point. And it was, it was fascism. It was fascism. People weren't safe that looked different. People weren't safe that sounded different. Like, they were doing ethnic cleansing in Western Slovenia the second, in 1922, they annexed it. And that's, that's what fascism is. We can't, we can't say that fascism is just Auschwitz-Birkenau. It's not. Fascism is more than that. Fascism starts earlier. And fascism is when we have this, this, this hum. It's a hum at this point. I don't even know. There's, there's another thing I didn't mention that I know is in the back of my head. There was another like explicitly racist attack that happened a few days ago, and I can't even remember what it is because it's just like, yeah, this is just a daily occurrence now. You know, not something where like cops shoot black people. That's just America. That's how America has been for since 1609 and the first slave ship showed up. You know, that that that's uniquely ours. That's bad. I don't want to discredit that in any way, but that's different then this low hum of, of, of violence that is like, if you are a member, if you are not a member of the fascist party, we will fucking hunt you down. We will find you. If you are out and open about being so, a socialist, right, we will infiltrate your group and we will attack you. That happened not too long ago in, um, in, in one Arkansas. Of, one of the things I, I find interesting about this is that one of the ways fascism works, and I mean, it, it worked this way, uh, even in Nazi Germany, but in fascist Italy as well, is that they perceive themselves to be the downtrodden because so often they are exploited, these people who do these awful things. But their rhetoric is a rhetoric of someone who is not on top and not not in power, that believes that their power is being eroded. And the fact of the matter is... Is that while, you know, yeah, it appears your power is being eroded because you have power over other people that you shouldn't have. And we are eroding it because we're mm -hmm. making people more equal. We're not really eroding your rights. We're just giving other people rights. Yeah, we're just bringing other people up to your level of rights. But also, too, to some extent, like if you look at Caesar Sayoc, the bomber, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't matter that this is true. This is unimportant. Um, in a certain sense, that it was Steve Mnuchin and a, a company literally owned by George Soros, right? That 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 foreclosed on his home and made him live in his fucking cars of the yeah, old I wonder, right? Info Warriors ride. I wonder if um, that had anything to do with what went down. 
it, it, it 100% didn't. That's the important part because this guy was paranoid and like, well, yeah, but you know, he had all this Trump the delusion. shit. Well, no, because he probably didn't know that because if that had been a part of it, then he would not be this Trump guy because Steve Mnuchin was more yeah, closely related to him getting foreclosed on, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that, that should tell us something because, okay, like both of these people are, are these billionaires, blah, 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 you know, their class interests are opposed to us. And yet... This this just mainstreaming of of lies of of anti-Semitic canards directed specifically at Soros that are something that did influence like murdering people, some of whom literally survived the Holocaust at 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 a synagogue, right? Is is this thing where it's just fascism doesn't have any connection to reality. The world it, it, it is this narrative that exists that explains a way to people who are rich and powerful, why they should continue to be rich and powerful. That's why mm -hmm. Donald Trump can be described as a fascist, because he's like, I'm rich and powerful. These fucking people want to take away my shit. Oh, why? Because they're not me, because they're not related to me. And then for Caesar Sayoc, it's this narrative that says, look, you've been fucked. Who fucked you? Oh, it's these other people, you know? It's these, it's these people that we tell you are fucking you while we're the ones... And there's an argument to be made that, yeah, the Democratic Party did fuck him because the Democratic Party's response to the housing crisis was save the banks and leave the people to fucking drown. Um, but at the same time, fun. that's not, that's not part of how he thinks. That's not, that was not there ever for him. What was there for him is that like, I know my life is shit and I'm getting pumped by this right wing machine, by these fucking, by the Mercers, by, uh, whichever fucking ghoul followed Roger Ailes at Fox News you know, that I'm getting pumped with this information by, by Alex Jones that is telling me that here the world is really this simple. It's just this simple. If the fucking Democrats were gone, you'd be okay. And the only thing you ever need to know about how you can't respond to fascism with facts, you can't respond to fascism with anything other than just a convincing narrative. And yeah, it should be a true narrative, you know, is the, the fact that the Democrats literally don't have any power in the federal government. They don't have a majority in other house. They don't have the presidency. They don't have control over the judiciary. And yet, this guy is convinced that the reason his life is shit is because the Democrats are ruining it. Because the news is lying to him. The news, which bends over backwards every fucking week to report on every idiot drivel thing that Donald Trump says that makes no sense that they should just say, that's just, we're literally not going to print that. That is just literally not worthy of our time to talk about. There's no need to include the thing that there are Middle Easterners in the caravan because we don't need to fact check it. Because if we put it out here, people will believe it because we say it's not true. You know, all of this shit. And, and the fact that our institutions are just so unable to do it, it's like that's because they can't provide a narrative. And, and, mm -hmm. and Donald Trump is out here telling you why your life is shit. He is... He doesn't know why either. He has no idea. He he genuinely doesn't understand that he's and the reason. He doesn't care. Uh, yeah, he would not care if he actually knew. But he's too stupid to know that. And he's providing these people with a narrative. And what do we fucking get in response to this? What do we get? We get we get people in the news saying, hey, the president should call for unity in this moment. Who gives a shit about unity? We don't need unity. We don't. You want to know why? Because these people... Do not give a shit about American unity. American unity to them is 11 dead Jewish people in a synagogue. That is a step towards American uni unity. American unity, these fascists, and every time somebody says it, this is this is what the fascists hear, is, is two dead black people at a grocery store who are dead just for being black. That's what these people think that is. That's why we can't do that. We have to say, no, there are real, genuine 
enemies in our country. There are people here that want to take away your rights. There are people here that will bomb you for no reason tethered to reality whatsoever. That we cannot, you cannot do anything to convince them otherwise at this moment. There are people who are too far gone at this point where we have to say, we don't, you know, you all go out of here. We need to fight over the other people and improve their lives. And it's just, it's terrifying. It is terrifying to me right now. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm genuinely afraid in this moment of fascism, you know? I've spent a lot of time over the last few days. Um, I know I've talked to you guys about it, but I've been, <clears throat> I always find that it's important to uh, read what our forebears wrote and said. And I've been reading uh, the White Rose leaflets uh, that were circulated by uh, Sophie Scholl and her brother and um, activists in Munich in uh, 42 and 43 uh, before they were executed. And one of the overriding themes that comes out of reading those for me was the idea of no longer waiting, of not having patience with fascism, that um, it is an ideology that tears at the soul. And I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to not walk into tropes because Nazis are supervillains. I mean, they really are. I mean, it, it, and, and the issue is, is that every supervillain, every monster, every terrible dystopia in every program that we've ever seen from 45 on was, guess what? Based on Nazis. And so we have this image and part of it is true, but at the same time, they're not mythical. It, 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 it doesn't make them larger than life. They want to appear that way, but in reality, it's a lot of what the White Rose pamphlets read is that it's just time. You just have to, it, your morals tell you to stand up, and so you must. And I think that, you know, it, it, they, they make some qualified calls to action of saying, you know, even if. You know, your what you can do is passive resistance because you know, in their time and in where they were in their audience, any active resistance was immediate execution. Um, and so, I think it's important that in whatever context you can, even if it's just preparing yourself to help others, uh, you should do that and be prepared because when your morals are called into action, you must be ready to act. Otherwise, your morals are worthless and they're just talk. I think I think something you said is also really important, right? Like, Nazis have been the big baddies literally since 1945 around the world for good reason, right? Like, industrial genocide is, is something special. Every stupid Bond the villain, thing, every the, scary monster, thing, every, every motivation comes down to the worst thing that it can be, which in our minds well, is oh. Nazism. The, the thing that's important to remember is that all that cultural buildup has just made them out to be these, like, stark, raving, mad mon You know, you could just see them. And we forget that Nazis were fucking nerds, right? Like, these guys were, like, doing fucking wizardry bullshit in their, in their backyard. They were, they were not popular people. They didn't really have friends, you know? And, and the SS they were, they was were a just... mystical society of which, what were the numbers towards the end of the war? Like, 8 million people were a part of? Or was no, it way it more than that? No, no, I thought it was. I thought because because the SS was a registry, not not the secret police itself, but the SS as a registry for blood pureness. 
Yeah, I did. And, and that was people who could be in it. But that, that's the point is that these people were like these kitschy fucking idiot nerds that did wanted to examine bumps that, on your head and, 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 and measure your ancestry back like, seven generations like, by your mothers and, and and do like do like weird like uh, pagan rituals to Odin that are just totally made up. And we forget that at our peril because we've spent the whole time since 1945 building Nazis into these terrifying monsters that are like Ooh, you know you could see them immediately right you know exactly when you see one and we forget that something like caesar sayox van this kitschy horse shit these like stupid poorly done photoshopped images that is what it looks like that is what it looked like back in the day and yeah that's i was about to say watch, that's what it don't looked get me like wrong. that's what it don't looked get like me wrong. To... lenny riefenstahl was a good director she did do great directing and did some interesting stuff and that we shouldn't let her you know that's true um, every single sports movie ever is based on her Olympics movies. But if you look at that, the content is the cheesiest fucking bullshit in all of them. I had to watch Trump for the Wilford class and you watch it and it's just like, these guys just want to feel cool. Like that's the whole reason they made this movie is they're just fucking nerds and they want to feel cool. And so well, they made this cool movie where they're like, oh, look, we can do like a song and dance number and look, uh, look. And it, we have to remember that because we're never gonna we're never gonna be ready. We're never gonna be fucking prepared if we laugh at them. We're never gonna be fucking prepared if we're like, this is actually stupid. Like, who who would be dumb enough to believe this idiot shit that this guy has on the side of his van? It doesn't matter if the guy's stupid or not. He mailed eleven bombs or twelve bombs, whatever it is. Now it might be fourteen. I don't even remember because it's just in the back of my head that I have to watch out every day for this shit. And and every time when we do like some hot take. On like, haha, what a fucking idiot. We forget that it doesn't matter that they're stupid. It doesn't matter that they're kitschy. It doesn't matter that they're profoundly not interesting or something. Or that it's just mind-numbingly dumb. They will kill us. They will kill people we love. They have done that. They did that this week. Yeah. And they will do it again and again and again. And... It, it, it's cathartic to laugh. It's cathartic to say this is funny. But we have to remember that that's not enough. You know, this fucking Daily Show horseshit where it's like, uh, but we're smarter than you. That will kill every single person you care about if you listen to the show. And I know if you listen to the show, you probably know that on some level. So you have to start talking to people who who aren't on board yet with saying, no, the Republican Party has to end. The Republican Party is fascist. These people are part and parcel of the Republican Party. They're a normalized part of it now. Fucking Steve King is going over to Europe and saying neo-Nazi parties would be Republicans because they would fit in perfectly fine in our modern-day Republican Party. You have to tell them that. You have to tell all the people that aren't convinced of it yet that that is what's going on. Because you want to know the first people they're going to fucking put in the camps? You know the first people they will put in the camps are Same people like us. always, yeah. Communists they not, and dissidents. They are not, that is, those are the first people they go for. You know and union organizers. Poem? <clears throat> that fucking poem where the guy says, oh, the first they came for the socialists or first they came for the communists. And I did not speak up because I was not a communist. That's not a joke. They came for the communists a full six years before they tried any other fucking bullshit other than killing themselves so that they so that Hitler could have full power in the party. And that is what to they will fair, do. That is what they have started. There was trying a lot of historical context. But the good news is, is that where the 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 uh, uh, the sent the anti-Semitic view, uh, anti-Semitic views have been so ostracized because of how awful the Holocaust was. We went through the whole Cold War, and everyone forgot about all the th- terrible things that happened to, to communists <laughs> throughout all of history. And so now we are in a place where uh, there's some danger. I, I worry about uh, you know my political there expression is legitimate, because 
it, there's I mean, there's going to be backlash eventually. Like we, we are at the point where there is danger to just being Jewish. We are at the point where there is danger to just being, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's so- socialist means there, there's danger to being somebody who like goes to DSA and is just like, I do this because I don't think people should die from not having health care. There's danger to just being black nowadays. People will just show up and shoot black people just in the street for no reason other than that they think that's going to fix their broken lives or or fix the moral decay they think America is in or something. And we have we have to start telling people that don't already agree with us that like this is, you know, Nazi Germany wasn't Auschwitz in 42. It wasn't just that. It was also 33 when, you know, there were different laws for people of different races when they said, nah, if you're a political dissident, maybe we should throw you in prison. And you know what they chant every day at the fucking Trump rallies when he does this shit? They chant lock X person up. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter that that person is not in power. It doesn't matter that that person is... Hasn't is, gone through due process. It doesn't matter. None of that shit matters because they don't care. It's the exact same thing where it's like, we're going to send them to the border and we're going we're gonna to send troops to the border and fucking shoot people because they look wrong. And have to convince the people who aren't already on board that if you want to know what you would have done in 33 and onward in Germany until 45, this is the time. This is when you know. This is how we figure that out. Well, so speaking of, let's talk about the next issue on our plate. And I yes. can actually, I, I actually can intro this a bit because I, I actually have had some uh, rather interesting conversations about this exact topic. But we, uh, we decided we wanted to talk about uh, birthright citizenship because um, Donald Trump is making some rather bold claims. And um, <laughs> I, rather than, I, I, you know, I think there's one way we can look at this where we can say, we can look at the procedure of it. And we can say, okay, he's threatening to change the Constitution by executive order. Now, normally I would say, wow, that's a blatant misuse of executive power that is completely unconstitutional and cannot stand. But right now, I don't fucking know what the Supreme Court would do. Um, To be really just God-given honest with y'all, I am just kind of at a loss with the Supreme Court. I really am. I don't even know what to think because my notions of law and one of the key foundations of an understanding of law is that the whole reason we follow precedent is because the law is supposed to be stable. It is supposed to not change. It is supposed to make reasonable inferences based off what is written and what has been understood previously. But here's the fucking thing. I don't know how many of my fucking understandings of the law should, should stand or be valid. And uh, it's really confusing right now. But I think we could go that way. And, and rather than do that, I think it's much more interesting to talk about the fact that eliminating birthright citizenship just is a fucking st- stupid policy idea. This is one of the few times I feel very comfortable talking hard policy because birthright citizenship isn't just, oh, you are from France and you bring your nine-month pregnant over, which you can't do on a plane, but you bring your nine-month pregnant wife over and she has a baby and now she's an American citizen and now the baby's an American citizen. Or, oh, you get your baby over while the mother's pregnant and and you do that. Like, that's, like, sure, that's, like, that can happen, but without birthright citizenship, what do you do about people who are here totally legally? What do you do, what do you do about the people who just have children in completely legal marriages that just happen to exist in America? What what happens when a woman 
uh, is uh, gets pregnant from uh, someone in a foreign country and has the baby by herself. Is it an American citizen? Well, that's also and and, and it is like, just it is just um, and the other side of that is is what what are you are you are, okay? So here's what you're telling me. So your prescriptive side of this is that uh, you've got a kid from Iran whose parents came over from Iran on visas and their visas expired and now they're illegal and he got born here. Uh, so he's got birthright citizenship, but now you want to get rid of that, which again, 14th Amendment. So I don't really understand what the fuck he's going to explain that people means a different <laughs> word than people. But the word he's isn't citizen, it's fucking people. But somehow aren't like under the jurisdiction of the United States government, which is like if they're in the U.S. Um, I, I don't I don't it, it doesn't matter what argument they use. It's going to be convoluted and dumb as fuck. I, I, I read Scalia turns eight words into I, I, I watched Mr. Uh, uh, we have to take the text that it's plain and original meaning. He That's would take eight show. words and then he oh would say um, yeah this is 18 pages of text of me explaining what these eight words mean and their original meaning. Like That's no you so, fucking moron. That That's 18 pages of you explaining what those eight words mean not their plain and original motherfucking meaning. What's so un frustrating to me is that, like, I'm genuinely afraid that he'll do some executive order. It's just, like, immediately bullshit. And, like, okay, they'll all be like, okay, yeah, this is not true. It'll get to stay immediately because any judge at all whatsoever will be like, this was explicitly done with the purpose well, Ninth of if Circuit you were born is, in the U.S. You're an also, American citizen. Ninth um, Circuit is also, like, hanging around, like, also full of liberal judges who are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, they'll put the stay on it. It'll go up to another court because ICE will be like, well, but we wanted to put the baby in a concentration camp. Let's not forget that we have those in America today. We have those. Um, but it'll go up and... Then I'm just um because you know this whole fucking originalist text meaning it's the dumbest way to read stuff. It's like so stupid. It's like okay, holy shit, how do we know what these fucking people meant back in the day? That's dumb. Well, and it's not just really that, but they wrote a bunch about what um, they meant. I mean, the Federalist yeah, and, Papers and, and, are like and, really easy to read, and they explain well, the most Amendment, of what we know exactly what the Fourteenth Amendment is about. The Fourteenth Amendment is to say, and that one was written you. with a lot of forethought. That wasn't even in the Bill of Rights. That's a that's a that's Dude, a Civil War yeah, Amendment. The whole point. The whole point was. The government is going to try to take away these people's rights if we don't say that you get the full protection of American citizenship if you're born on the soil of the states because yep. the Confederates are going to try to rat fuck their way back into having slaves again. Yep. So anyone born here immediately gets American citizenship precisely to keep the government from fucking you. And that's exactly what they wrote. We all know that. It's so straightforward. It's one of the three slave amendments that we're supposed to end that were reconstruction amendments to end the horse shit that caused the civil war. So when it gets up there and they fucking say this and they're like, oh, that's not what they meant. Actually what they meant. Uh, blah, 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 blah. No, it's literally the one thing it meant was the government is racist and shitty and we should make that not a problem for people. So we're going to make an amendment and they're going to fucking lie and say, actually, we need to reinterpret this in the context of new American reality. And it's like, they're going to do that reversal. They're going to get no whiplash whatsoever from the full 360 degree no scope. They're going to pull on every single person who comes here and is like, uh, actually, I deserve rights because that's, that's just how America has functioned for its entire history. It's just, oh, makes me seethe. I'm sorry, it, I kind of popped off there. No, it's okay. It's just <laughs> disgusting. And uh, I think I think I think we can move steadily on to Oklahoma news. But um, to to finish out, yeah, it just. I, you know the procedure of it, the the facts, the fact-heavy procedure of it. You know, I I I, 
I fear. That's the other thing. This is this is the thing we have to go back to too. That I, with the rising tide, this is part and parcel of the rising tide of fascism because it doesn't matter that birthright citizenship is is honestly an American institution. It has been around for the people that were quote unquote Americans at the time the country was founded. The idea was you fucking immigrants show up, their kids get born. Those kids are Americans. That's just how it works. That's how we're gonna populate. Well, and it was also this important. Yeah, exactly. Where we it was, it was all a, the it, people that live here. Yeah, it was we an important population technique. People. Yeah, we did kill it. So, uh, yeah, no, what, what, you know, what's that? What's that statistic? <clears throat> Dan Carlin always cites in the ninety eight percent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah some insanely <clears throat> high statistic of uh, Native American peoples were killed off. Not. Like, 80% of it was disease, but that was the Europeans' fault. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, smallpox blankets were a thing, you know. Like, well, not just that. Not just, I mean, the man was American policy. There I mean, was literally not, a guy not, in not, the 1800s. There was a general in the 1800s whose job it was was to go to the U.S. Congress and say, this is how many Indians we killed this year. Yeah. This is how many buffaloes we killed this year to force Indians on a reservation so we can make them white. Like, like, so we, we had to fill up that space with people uh, because we just kept killing everybody. And that's the whole point. It's like this is just, just this American institution, and it's not going to mean anything to these fucking fascists. It doesn't matter that that's the case. Yeah, you it doesn't think Donald Trump cares about tradition? Baron you think Trump, Mitch McConnell gives a fuck that, about tradition? All of Donald Trump's kids are benefiting directly from this. It doesn't matter because it doesn't mean anything. None of that shit means anything. None of yeah, it, none of it matters. Born from you, you can't, children, you can't beat parents. these fucking fascists by telling them, actually, that's how it works. You can beat them by marginalizing them culturally by you know by by doing everything you can to rip every ounce of power they have out of their greedy dying hands but That's not it. but not by watching uh inglorious bastards eight times on the row on your couch and then forgetting to vote that is not helping anyone that is pretty good. well if you just if you do vote but you watch it like that that's actually pretty cool except for the forgetting to vote part yeah. I might do that on Tuesday. <laughs> All right, everybody. You heard it here first. There's going to be a uh, voting party at uh, uh, Carl Roberts' house, and uh, he's going to be watching Inglorious Bastards. We're just going to watch the theater scene from Inglorious Bastards on repeat. Um, it's going to be really cool. Shoshana is going to show up on the screen and be like, haha, this Jew killed all of you, and it will be awesome because uh, that's actually super dope. Um, but no, moving that's on a, to, I think that's a good segue. Yeah, yeah. moving on to Oklahoma News. <laughs> yeah. So, first big news, we all know what the first big news item is, don't we? Like, it's the motherfucking elections, y'all. It's it's coming up. We already put out that midterm, uh, the the state question guide. Oh, true, Edmonton's like, like going to lose. We're going to get Kevin's tit. Oh. oh, oh no. I don't know. No, I don't know. I do. I do. I know for a fact. I know for a fact. Oh. I don't want to be that dark. We've been really dark, and I've been... You know, people have been doing yeah, good organizing. Yeah, let's do other, other, um, other stuff. Yeah, and I have. Hey, the organizing in Oklahoma has been amazing. You. I mean, it has been absolutely amazing. This has been the best organizing I have seen uh, in my entire life as an Oklahoman. Let's people, not take anything away from uh, so mad. Yeah, people are <laughs> people pissed, are but they're working. Labor Omnia Vinket, baby. I'm literally wearing that shirt right now, my <laughs> my GCGSA shirt, because I was literally out knocking doors earlier today. Um. Uh, you know, I've probably knocked at this point uh, I, an ungodly number of doors. I don't know. I've put in ridiculous hours. I was doing it um, partially as work. I'm not going to say the candidate or any of that because I, I don't want to endorse any candidates really directly. The guy's cool. Probably no one in his district listens to the show anyways. Um, but, you know, I was out knocking doors. I fucking 
I flipped a house. I walked up to a person who had a sign up for the guy's opponent, and I was like, hey, um, this person <laughs> actually wants to protect teachers and stuff, and do you really trust Republicans? And we just talked about it, and the lady was like, yeah, actually, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. <laughs> yeah, I'm really cool that you came and told me about this because now I know who I'm going to vote for. I went on somebody's house, somebody's door. I didn't check their voter registration, and they were an independent, and they were like, no, I'm a conservative independent. I don't want to vote for a Democrat. And I was like, yeah, so let's just talk about how do you think how do you think shit's working in Oklahoma? Do you think it's going well? <laughs> do, you, do you think it's working out? And she was like, actually, uh, no, it's not literally at all. And, and I managed to, I think she was lean in favor of the guy I was out for. He's a candidate sport, and that's good. Um, I wouldn't have done it otherwise. But then I was also out with GCDSA. I mean, everybody knows GCDSA has been doing Ashley and Nicole McCray pretty heavily. And, you know, everybody's been into it, too, because you just go out there and you say, listen, we all know what the Republican Party is doing here. They're just they're fucking us. They're fucking us as hard as they can. Do you really want that to continue? And people are just like, uh, yeah, actually, I don't. I, I would like it when the fucking is consensual. And we agree to it beforehand, and there are terms that are even, and everybody's respected at the end. You know, everybody gets what they want out of it, and everybody's just like, just not. So I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm kind of hopeful that Drew will pull it out. I don't want to endorse him in a certain sense, but I very much want to say that it would probably be good if Republicans don't have trifecta control of Oklahoma. Um, yep. That yeah, would be cool. I'm, I'm definitely not endorsing him. I'm just saying that. Uh, Kevin's tit might actually, if Mark Wayne Mullen wasn't an actual writer of the apocalypse uh, brought to <laughs> earth to destroy us, um, I would say that Kevin's tit was, but um, instead he is just a, uh, you know, there's a real large there's female a real appendage that is like, owned by a, real, a man named Kevin. Yeah, that's owned by Kevin. Uh, <laughs> there's a real fear I have with him because uh, just like Trump, he's just, you know, institutions are bigger than the individuals within them in, in a very meaningful way, right? Like, that's important to remember. That's why part of why Democrats these days are just, as a general, like, kind of shitty and not really willing to say things that are important and be like, uh, actually, um, maybe big business is fucking over everybody and we shouldn't be on their side. Maybe finance or finance banks um, that just destroyed the whole economy in 2008 are actually part of the problem and we should fight them and we should say, no, you all can't do that. And that's an institutional thing. And the scary thing is that is that Kevin Stitt is not part of the Oklahoma Republican Party in any meaningful way. He's not beholden to them. And the Oklahoma Republican Party, for all its terrible flaws, for all for how much I fucking hate it, has done a very good job of saying we have to save our fucking asses from the platform caucus that opposes the teacher pay raise. We're going to murder them politically. We are going to primary the shit out of them and end them. That was literally a news story that came out in the New York Times that the the mainstream of the Oklahoma GOP was like, you all do not have political careers if you oppose a teacher pay raise. And literally all of those people, but one of them is not on the general election ballot. That's kind of a thing that matters because they had they had to bow to the pressure. And if Kevin Stick gets elected, he's elected on a mandate to say, fuck that. I don't have to listen to any of you. Yep. And you know what he's going to do? He's going he's to gut the bed. every program he can. And he's going to say, you all need to help me do it. Because Vouchers for private elected. schools. Yeah, he's going to say, and, you know, he's going to say, oh, teacher pay raise, maybe we shouldn't have those taxes. He's going to say, oh, 5% GPT, that's bad for business. He's going to say, oh, all what if school we... funding comes from ad valorem. <laughs> what if we, yeah, he's going to do this terrible, he, he will do these terrible things. He will just be like, what if 
all the things that Mary Fallon finally had to bow to pressure on because like everyone in the House and Senate GOP caucus was like, we will literally not get reelected if we don't bow to at least some pressure on criminal justice reform, at least mm-hmm. some pressure on medical marijuana, at least some pressure whatsoever on these things that we could say, look, we're, we are actually listening to the fact that people are ridiculously pissed right now. All, all of that about Mary Fallon goes away and every bad thing about her stays. And it will be so bad if he wins. And, and Drew's, Drew's in, he's in shooting distance, you know? It's a fight. It, it is can a fight. Happen. It is a fight, that's for sure. But um, And the other thing, too, you have to remember is at the end of the day, trifecta control, if we had trifecta control of, like, the American Labor Party, if that ever becomes a thing, I would not complain about it. But trifecta control under this Republican GOP that we have in Oklahoma is, um, you know, they've had trifecta control for literally eight years. That's it. Literally eight years. And they have done a great job of taking all the problems that already existed and stretch back to before you or I were born, Adam, and just saying, how about we make them like worse and as fast as possible? And if we get another four years of that, I don't know if Oklahoma is going to make it. Um, that that's uh, we're resilient. We'll make it. We'll just be pissed. Yeah, and then maybe we'll bring the socialist party back and <laughs> yeah. in what uh twenty twenty two whenever he's up again. That'd be kind of cool. But you know, it. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I know Democrats aren't going to take the Senate back, but I'm I'm hopeful in general that the elections are going to go better than we think. But the most important thing I want to say. I've been doing a bunch of electoral activism. I think it's important. I think we, we talked about this plenty of times on the show. Ele- voting is part of the toolkit that we have as leftists to try and change society. It is. There's no way around it. Anybody who tells you don't vote, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, if, if voting if voting could change anything, they'd make it illegal. They're trying to. Don't worry about that. Yeah. They, they know it matters. It is for some people. <clears throat> um, and the thing to remember is it's only part of the toolkit. So whatever comes... You know, Tuesday evening at seven, whenever the polls close, whatever comes, remember this. There's other stuff we can do. If it's good, that's awesome. And we should celebrate. And if it's bad, we should do the exact same thing we do if it was good, which is say, great, this is over. We got a couple, you know, we got a while before we got to worry about this again. What other things can we do? Where, where can we unionize? Where can we form a union? Who, what groups can we reach out to to help fight mass incarceration in Oklahoma? You know, where how can we create a spaces where people feel safe and aren't going to get shot to death just for existing in them? Right. And so kind of my thing on elections is go vote. You should do it. You really should. And if you can't stomach voting, at least do the goddamn state questions, you motherfuckers. Um, But the other thing is go join an organization if you have one in your area. Uh, I'm doing GCDSA stuff all the time. You want to come hang out with me? You think I actually have good takes? I would be shocked and overjoyed to actually meet you in person. Come to GCDSA. Go do OKCDSA. Or if you're at Rose State, go do Rose State YDS. Or if you're at OU, do that. If you're at OSU, go organize a Young Democratic Socialist of America. If you're somewhere in green country, GCDSA is looking to form organizations. If you don't like DSA, that's fine. There are other groups in in the state you can join up with and try and work with. There's the Brown Berets, there's RDD, there's so many different organizations. Reach out to the show and tell us, hey, you know what, what can I do? I don't want to join DSA or how do I join DSA? Or 
how do I how do I join this other organization that you know how do I start a PSL chapter in the state? We will do whatever we can to help you do that because I care a lot about which organization I'm in, but I don't really care which organization you're in as long as you're fucking doing it, man. Well, that's what we have to remember. Well, I mean, yeah, what left-wing organization you're in. Like, I have my problems with certain organizations. I don't like them. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. What matters is is that we embrace a diversity of tactics and we go fucking do it. If you just – if you want to know how to form a union at your workplace, you know, start trying to do that. Start power mapping. Reach out to us. I've read some stuff on how to do it. I can send you some helpful links. You know, oh, you want to you wanna figure out how to talk to your family about – issues that maybe don't affect them directly reach out to us you know i spent some time talking to my family about this kind of stuff too we've all done it like we just need to remember that elections matter but it also matters that we keep working outside of them and we gotta keep it up well why don't you um, tell us about the uh, volunteer walk coming up what well one last thing i just want to i want to give a shout out to evan collins who emailed us this really cool state senate district 38 recommendation where he just like went over everything um since I, I again the show is not into really endorsing candidates i think i think it's obvious where we stand on candidates i think you can figure that out for yourself um and i uh, but he sent us this really cool like long description so evan collins thanks for listening thanks for reaching out you're awesome dude um yeah, you i think are, my you actually you. you you gave a, a really great summary of, of the state senate district uh 38 race and if anybody wants to read that before it's over reach out to us Sure, if you're okay I'm sure we can put it up on the right post. Send you a message, yeah. Um, But yeah, that's that's it for elections. Just remember, get organized. But yeah, on to some dunking. Let's let's round out the show with some fun, huh? There we go. Yeah, Um, this this episode, the war on Christmas, is not just about Christmas. It's also about Oklahoma's greatest plumber. Mark Wayne Mullen, the guy whose dad made a business and died young, so he inherited it and thinks that means he's smart. (laughs) He recently got found out to have once said that his family came to Oklahoma on the volunteer work walk, uh, which he described as a loosely term. Now, I'm going to give him a bit of credit for saying loosely term, like it was live TV, but... (laughs) I'm really kind of kind of weirded out by this. Um, now, for some background, some stuff we haven't talked about, Mark Wayne Mullen, he's one of two uh, enrolled tribal members in the entirety of uh, the House of Representatives. Um, and he's from the Cherokee Nation, right? District, House District 2 in Oklahoma, eastern part of the state, the Cherokee Nation, uh, the Cherokee Nation's former reservation, is uh, the east, the northeastern part of the state, right? Um, and so he came out and said this because Elizabeth Warren did that bullshit we already talked about and don't need to go over again um, about how she was Cherokee, blah, 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 which is like, no, she's not. This guy's actually Cherokee. He's, he's, a, he's an enrolled tribal member. That counts for something. Um, but <laughs> he described his family <laughs> as coming to Oklahoma on the volunteer walk. Now, normally, when people talk about Indian removal, (laughs) they don't tend to call it a volunteer walk. Um, But it is true 
that there were multiple uh, members of indigenous groups that came before knowing that Indian removal was going to happen at some point or, or seeing the political winds coming to Oklahoma. Sequoia is probably the best example. He came to Indian territory long before Indian removal was a thing. And he came up and then he came back and was like, hey, this place is great. Let's start moving over there before they fucking kill us if we don't come. And then, of course, a lot of people were like, no, we should stay because we have a fundamental right to be here. Yep. And what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and so Mark Wayne, in his defense of it, said, listen, here's the fucking deal. Um, the Cherokee Nation itself talks about these people because, once again, that was true. Um and that's his defense, is, look, that happened. And that's what my family did. And that's what I'm talking about. The thing is, Mark Wayne Mullen <laughs> has repeatedly claimed in the past that his family, and his family specifically, which is what he's talking about, came to Oklahoma during the Trail of Tears. <laughs> so Mark Wayne Mullen is basically saying, mur, 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 what a fucking lie. Uh, the real kicker here is that he did this as recently as September 12th. <laughs> it's not even been two months since his campaign officially said my family was forced to Oklahoma on the Trail of Tears. Um, <laughs> and now he's coming out here and saying, no, it's, it's the volunteer walk, um, which is just mind boggling, right? This is a guy who should know that, if anybody should. This is the... Uh, the like non-tribal rep representative of the Cherokee Nation. He's the one Cherokee Nation member in Congress, and he's up here saying that the Trail of Tears was a volunteer walk. I, the brainworms are just magical that that Mullen has. I am shocked and amazed at how fucking stupid being born into money and being raised by somebody who has money and being convinced that it's your fucking hard work that did it instead of you know your your dad was rich. How stupid that can make people all the time. And Mark Wayne Mullen is just this great reminder that rich people literally uh, are no better than the rest of us. They are, they are no different than any of us. It's just fucking luck. That, that's the important thing. Yep. Because this this idiocy that he did. <laughs> well, are you ready to move on to some more, Duncan? <laughs> uh, no, the last thing I want to say to bring it back to the rest of this stuff before we move on to the real fascism. This is, again, this is the fascism shit. It doesn't matter that he should know better. It doesn't matter that he should that that he seems to understand that the trail of tears was was genocidal evil wrong just everything bad it doesn't seem to matter it doesn't seem to matter that he he clearly is aware of that he could still come up here fucking say this and the second you're like actually mark Wayne mullen is literally it it was less than two months ago that you were saying something that's the opposite of what you're saying about your personal family history and he's just like no it's fucking wrong no fuck you this is we can't we can't win them over like that, folks. Just keep that in mind when we move on to the last big set of dunking, right? There you go. Uh, and the last, again, the thing, dunking's fun. Like I said, you should enjoy it. We should enjoy it. But just remember, to get organized, don't just read the Tulsa Beacon and get mad. Um, this is their editorial from November 1st. It's a part of a pair. The other pair is uh, called More, More, and More Gambling. This one is called More, More, and More Alcohol. And um, you'd be surprised. It's not about the liquor laws that just changed in the start of October. It's about something even dumber. Um, you ready to go, Adam? Oh, I'm always ready. We begin. 
The University of Oklahoma is about to approve allowing the sale of alcohol at its sporting events. No big deal, right? Oh my god, they just need to stop with the... Like, it's not a script. If you're going to write a script that you want someone to read aloud, write a script and video it. Or record it. But don't just... Like, we write for this show a specific way. We don't write... I wouldn't write a paper like that. You fucking morons. Morons. Absolute morons. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Here's the fun stuff. Here's where where it starts. Actually, it is a big deal. I'm very number break. I'm very shocked that they that they lead into that. It seems like every single editorial writer in Oklahoma thinks that it's like cool to ask a question that you're obviously going to answer in you know the opposite of what it implies, right? Like, can we just try once to write an editorial different, Adam? Can can we? Is that possible? <sighs> they continue. The University of Tulsa and Oklahoma State University already sell alcohol at NCAA sporting events. OU doesn't, but it does allow alcohol consumption in their luxury boxes. Alcohol sales at OU will probably begin next year at football games. No, just a fact error. It's just a plain fact (laughs) error. Beer sales will begin. uh, They've actually already begun at soccer games and baseball games. They will begin with uh, basketball, soccer, and uh, softball in the spring. Uh, yeah, no, don't worry about that. That's just a fact error because they're stupid and they can't read. <laughs> no, they can't. They literally do not check it. We don't. We we don't check maybe as good as we should sometimes. They do. They refuse to check. They're like that's not part of our, our editorial policy. <laughs> we will try to go back and correct stuff. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, they continue. I that means just that edit 80s... out when I'm wrong. <laughs> well, that's what you do. I tell you you're wrong and then you edit it out. And then yep. when I'm wrong, I, I, I say, no, I'm not. And you leave it in. You know? Um, that means that 86,000 plus fans will have an opportunity to buy a couple of beers while they watch the Sooners all that actually sounds cool um, great nice Um, illegal to have fun here's where where it starts women might show their ankles (laughs) if I see a woman in pants I swear to god I'll shit myself (laughs) if a woman wears pants in an OU game that's proof that cultural Marxism has destroyed our society. I think oh. you just wrote like <laughs> six New York Post op-eds. You just did, actually. You wrote one. I just wrote one when I just said that. That was yeah. good. <laughs> wrote a better one than anything the Tulsa Beacon has ever published. <laughs> um, let's, let's get going. Moving, moving along. The problems with alcohol are not as widespread at OSU and TU like they would be at OU games because OU has been selling out the stadium every year since 1999. Parentheses, the year former coach Bob Stoops arrived. So, number one, the University of Tulsa's football program cannot sell tickets, like as a general rule. They can't fill out a stadium when OU or OSU plays. OU has literally, like they said, they've sold out the stadium every year. In this millennium, plus another year, and when they play two hours away in Tulsa, they can't even get enough fans to show up to the game. So, of course, it's not a problem to you. They have a joke of a, of a fucking football pro- program. OSU, um, actually pretty comparable to OU here, if we're be- being honest. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but, let's be honest, OU's better than LSU, okay? We can agree to that. Last year's not on the show. That's allowed. That's show canon that OU is better, so... Tulsa Beacon, I respect that. I do respect that point. That's the one time we'll agree on something. Um, Now it gets pretty good. 
And it is true that people have been sneaking in flasks filled with alcohol into alcohol. games forever. <laughs> it's just like, what's the point of this article if they're like, yeah, people who have been drunk at the games all the time anyways. <laughs> like, really? Did you, you think know, a bunch of Carl, OU Carl, football fans Carl, aren't showing Carl, up wasted? Did you know that there is an establishment, I know this is going to shock you, there is an establishment named the Buffalo Wild Wings. And I want you to know, people go there, just to drink alcohol and watch sporting events. Just to drink alcohol and watch sporting events. They don't sing about God. They don't pray. <laughs> they don't uh, have communion there. It's There's not evil. even a priest. I don't even know what they're like. When I am in my <laughs> barn slash workshop slash slaughterhouse slash church. All right. I'm worshiping God. Okay. <laughs> Uh, God is definitely in the balance on the prairie because he favors God's own team. Oh, you football, sir. OU yeah, but again, my God's all twisted and he looks like a and you know weird like my, platypus dream. My God, so. my God says show up drunk to an OU game. Uh, that's and what my so God says. Right, if you don't drink, that's fine. That's okay. But okay, come on. Well, fuck you, Tulsa Beacon. Um, the university has intensified efforts to stop fans from bringing in alcohol, and the university has had a crackdown on drinking on campus and at sororities and fraternities. Beer has been sold at sporting events for decades. <laughs> it is a staple at hockey games, football games, basketball games, and baseball games. I just don't understand. Were they the like, were they, no, hold on, hold on. I just don't understand. Were they like, fuck, you know, our 250-word article limit, we're at 200 right now. I guess I'll just talk about when beer was so like no, the history of wait, beer. No, they're gonna explain why it's different in what is genuinely like a like fucking Doctor Who multiverse bullshit take. This is the hottest take I have ever heard. <laughs> so that let's read let's read the crux of the article. College sports, particularly football, tend to be more emotional. <laughs> <laughs> That's their whole argument. Like every time Philadelphia like wins a sporting event or comes close to it, they're just like, "Why don't we just burn?" Most of the half times the when town? they lose, <laughs> like when Vancouver lost, <laughs> they just burned down Vancouver in 2011 or whatever it was when they lost the fucking NHL Cup. <laughs> like this is just <laughs> professional sports. People get mur like Europe has this thing where every football game for certain teams they're just like yeah we have to have like two times the cops as 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 there are fans or else like people will just they they just kill each other they don't even watch the game they just put on the team colors at, and kill each at, other as God intended <laughs> that's what I do when I go to Dallas every year for OU Texas oh yeah no, I don't intend to watch the game I don't care rivalry. I'm just here there for blood sport. Like, I, I, and it's like, it's just, okay, and fine. alcohol like, might be involved. <laughs> sports are passionate. That's literally all, that's what, except for them for some reason. Like, this is the most Oklahoma take, too, in a different sense, right? Because, like, ah, professional sports, who cares? Basketball is for black people. We're the tall speaking. We hate it because uh, we're racist. Uh, we don't think that's a real sport. College football. Oh, that's the only sport. Oklahoma doesn't have a fucking NFL franchise. So it's the only one. Thanks, it's Oklahoma. So dumb. Thanks, OU. <laughs> anyway, keep no. going. A few years ago, a drunk Alabama fan threatened a Sooner fan in the Sugar Bowl in a video that went viral. So like, they're proof again, that college football is more passionate than professional football. It's a viral video. Like, <laughs> it's just so stupid because, oh. like, any amount of Google, like, like, I could type in, 
fist fights football college 2018 and i could get 45 videos of fist fights and they could have just linked all of them like oh my god look at this this video this video this video this video i mean it would have been really sweet because we would have got to watch all those fight videos but yeah that actually would have been cool <laughs> but it's just like they can't even they're like I remember on Facebook, I saw on one time there was a video and I clicked the button and I didn't click like because it was my master from my They're not even fucking, they're not real fans. If they were real fans, they would know that like literally all the time, like we literally fucking 74 yesterday punched a dude in like the second drive of the game. Like <laughs> this is football. What do you think those players are doing in football games? They're just hitting each other at at speeds that are very deleterious to their health. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, finish this out. Rip the bandaid. <laughs> I just can't. I can't read this part without laughing. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> Temperance is a lost concept. <laughs> oh, you football games previous. So temperate. The one time I went to a game, I prefer watching on TV, everybody. I was blitzed at 11 in the morning and walked into the stadium and left at halftime because I wanted to drink more. <laughs> As like, is tradition. It's OU football. That's what you do. Yeah, that's that uh, is what you do. The Bible doesn't teach prohibition, but it does say that being drunk is a sin. Which now, doesn't Oklahoma, make any sense. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Why because would you if, drink if, if, if you don't want to be If the wages somewhere. of sin are death, okay? <laughs> if anything you do that's a sin, God gives you the death penalty for, okay? Because, you know, that's good due process and fucking thanks, by the way, for making wearing clothes made out of two fucking fibers of fucking sin and also killing me for fucking sinning and also I have to buy fucking clothes from a goddamn store. Guess you didn't think about stores in your fucking book, did you? Sorry. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Let's finish it. Let's finish it. Because this is the best part. Now Oklahoma is making it easier to get drunk. Woo! Finally something the Tulsa Beacon says that I can agree with. I like what they have to say about getting drunk. <laughs> so it's not even, they can't differentiate between OU allowing beers specifically at football and games. Also, and also, hold on. And the entire state. And, and like, not even that, but like, can I also note that like, who is getting drunk off of $8, 12-ounce warm Coors keg beer, okay? Who's getting sloshed, all right, at $9 Wait, Adam, a pop no, no, no. Pause. for a lukewarm you. rolling rock, okay? I will, I will tell you exactly who. I'll tell you exactly who. Me. Um, it is every single one of those freshman frat assholes that are driving some, like, model year F1 250 buying beer with, with, with birthing hips. They have a fake ID that their dad bought them, who's from some suburb of Dallas that, like, barely got out of high school uh, and was never going to be nearly smart enough to get through Texas's rigorous uh, and kind of stupid system to get into UT. So their, their parents set them to uh, OU, and then every time I was having a fucking cigarette outside of the dorms while I was working, like, 20 hours a week so I could uh, afford to, you know live at this ridiculously expensive university and uh all of those guys who yelled at me saying hey get a fucking job that have literally never worked in their lives and never will those guys will get drunk on the nine dollar fucking beer because they have a fucking platinum card from their dad that they're just gonna run on it the whole fucking game and then they're gonna get really drunk and they're gonna do what they do at every game which is just yell about how they date rape people in yeah, but the students section <laughs> and no one cares and that's who that's who but i feel like those same guys like read and enjoy like 
the Odyssey, which is essentially the Tulsa Beacon except for frat people. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. They 100% do. Well, yeah, I think that's about it It for us. Um, do you have socialist events this week? No, I've been I've been working really hard, guys. I'm super sorry. Um, if you want to know anything, just send us an email. Contact the show's uh, Facebook page or Twitter account. And I will gladly tell you about some cool socialist events if you would like in on that stuff. I will be way better about this now that the election is over. Um, but, yeah, um, GCDSA is doing a really great job of having events out on its page. So you can go check those. There will be some stuff happening this weekend on that for sure. Um, so go check that out. Um, for other stuff, as always, you can help out STUF by contacting them, uh, the Solidarity Through Food Kitchen. Um, and you can also reach out to groups like RDD or the Autonomous Rumberays if you want to get involved with them. So there are links to that shit all over our stuff. You can go find it. Um, just, just come on, guys. Try and get organized. I'll do better next week. I'm sorry. You're fine, Carl. <laughs> we all still love you. And as always, you can check us out on Twitter at Red Star Over OK. Our subreddit is our Red Star Over Oklahoma. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you want to send us a question, comment, complaint, concern, or maybe you just like my new sensual radio voice. Mmm, talking real sweet to you, chocolate in your ears. You can send us an email at redstaroverok at gmail.com. As always, tell your friends and like and review on iTunes. Thank you guys. Have a great week. Bye.